0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. The wedding of Benjamin Robote Graham and Christine Plymouth Fury has taken a turn for the worse. Photos have recently leaked from Ben's bachelor party showing him inside the cab of Petunia, a local sewage tanker. While I believe this was classic bachelor party racy but innocent fun, We all know how jealous the bride-to-be can be. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio.
1: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside C.M. Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, hey, constant readers. And today we are wrapping up our coverage of Christine by covering the movie. And C.M. is leading our discussion. C.M., take it away.
0: Thanks, Josh. I am really excited to talk to you guys about this movie. But before we get into it, there's something that I need to share with both of you. Uh Uh-oh. I want to tell you the tale of the real-life inspiration for Christine. Have you heard this? No.
2: Uh, I read on IMDb that she's named after George Romero's wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, his first wife's name is Christine. Yeah. But no, this is something different. So I, I got the story from a YouTube video by Donut Media. Everything I'm about to share with you guys is from them. I didn't fact-check them because I assumed they're right, and also... The story is so cool, I don't want to know. Always, always put your
1: trust in the internet, especially <laughs> YouTube.
0: Christine is based off of a real car, a 1964 Dodge 330 Limited Edition called the Golden Eagle. Old Goldie, which is what I'm going to call her because her name's not Christine, <laughs> lived in the town of Old Orchard, Maine, for decades. She was originally a police car, and she had three different officers. And the reason she went through so many officers is because they all murdered their families and then killed themselves.
2: Jesus Christ! Wow!
0: After that, the police force was like, mm, "Let's let's get rid of Goldie," and they sold it, but it stayed. She stayed in the community, and eventually, like, <laughs> like the story's going to get crazier somehow. She fell into the hands of the local witch, Wendy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Who calls
0: herself the Sea Witch of Orchard Beach?
1: Yep. All those tracks.
0: Wendy tracked the car down to add it to her collection of haunted cars that she apparently had. And uh, the town didn't really dig that. So over the next, like, 20 years, this was throughout the 80s and 90s, people would periodically vandalize Goldie. And Goldie apparently took issue with that because everybody who vandalized her died horrible deaths. One person was decapitated. Another was struck by lightning. Another died in a car accident. And one... Kid only touched her and then went home, murdered his family, and set his house on fire. I'm assuming he had other problems. (laughs) 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 So this car has a body count of 32 people. And so the town goes all Dennis and Lee on this thing. They steal it from Wendy, dismantle it, and scatter the parts across multiple junkyards. But like with the book, it doesn't end there because Wendy took to the internet and with the help of people on the internet tracked down almost all the original parts in restored Goldie
1: wow you're saying this is the inspiration for Christine written in 1978 <laughs> but using the internet to help track the pieces well, down
0: well she did this this <laughs> took okay, place okay. over decades I was very
1: confused for a second I wanted to be like "CM, that's where the story <laughs> <middle> <laughs> is when the internet came in no no
0: no she sh- this took place like all the way from the 70s to the late so 90s that's so wild
2: mm-hmm. Uh, so, cool yeah, story. Sure yeah, it, that's I was like so cool. I, I
0: stumbled on this by accident I was like, "Whoa, that's yeah, cool." That's
2: <laughs> wild. Should, uh, make sure to tag that video
0: mm-hmm. or... Well, let's dive into John Carpenter. John Carpenter's Christine. We open with Christine's birth, which is uh a little it sets the story up to be a little bit different than <laughs> the book. What did you guys think of the fact that Christine there's no possession. She is just straight up evil from the start. She is, you might say, bad to the bone.
1: I okay. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I hate that that song is in so many movies. It, it is. It is the opening to so many movies. Ask me, Josh. How many movies is bad to the bone in?
0: Josh, how many movies is bad to the
1: bone in? Twenty five.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Sounds yes.
2: right. That, honestly that's low uh, If I had to have guessed
1: Ask me off the top of my head How many of those movies I know for a fact Have opened the movie with the song Bad to the Bone How many? Seven
2: Yeah.
1: But then I found out that this movie Christine is the first time it was used to open a movie So this trend of using this song to open everything Is Christine's fault <laughs>
2: Uh, I love the opening. It, I mean, we did talk about how interesting it was. Like People, when you think of Christine in just popular culture, if you don't have any experience with it, you're just like, oh, it's that evil car mm-hmm. uh, book. And reading the book, we're like, oh, it's actually a ghost story. That's kind of cool. I guess I have to take that back because I love that her origin. <laughs> I love that she got an origin story and it's just She was always evil because they painted her red for some
0: (laughs) reason. She's the Jessica Rabbit of Cars. Yeah.
2: No, (laughs) no, Jessica Rabbit isn't bad. She She was just drawn drawn that
0: way. way. Christine was just painted (laughs) that way. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I I thought it would be really funny. It it starts in this assembly line of, of Plymouth Furies. And all of them are white except for one in the middle that is bright red, which visually I get obviously, cinematically. But I thought it'd be hilarious if they were just, like, going down the assembly line and the foreman came over and was like, no, no, this one's red! Send it back! (laughs) Who did this? (laughs) Which one of you assholes? Before even getting off the
1: line, she's got a body count of two. And that was pretty awesome. Well,
0: a guy's fingers and then a a full guy.
1: Yeah, there's ghost (laughs) fingers. Oh, yeah. And and a
2: dead guy. (laughs) Yeah, you think she ate those fingers?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, they're just in there. <laughs> this movie was produced by someone that we have had experience with. The same guy who produced Salem's Lot, the miniseries.
2: No way. Yep. I i did read this, uh, of course, as our constant listeners know. Spend entire movies on IMDb's <coughs> trivia page. Uh, that he was given the option to uh, either adapt this or Cujo. And he chose this because Cujo was too silly.
0: Oh. <laughs> ah. Well, well, he made the right choice then because he wouldn't have done well probably with King <laughs> <laughs> Also,
2: this uh, was at like the height of King's popularity. And so apparently this movie started production before the book was
0: published. That's really? crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Can I share? Okay. And then I'm going to stop talking about John Carpenter because this is a Stephen King podcast, not that, a John Carpenter podcast. It
2: easily could be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: John Carpenter directed this, and the reason that he did this, and not also the movie Firestarter, which he was supposed to do, is because (laughs) because he got let go. Like, they were going to have him do Firestarter, and then they pulled out, and it's because The Thing did so bad. You know, The Thing, that iconic, amazing (laughs) remake that John Carpenter did.
2: Best horror movie ever made.
0: So so outrageous because he would have made a great Firestarter. Anyway,
2: some of the shots in this movie, I can see, like, if they would have had him fucking visionary director for Firestarter, how unbelievably yeah. good that movie could have been.
0: And I think Christine, I okay, like, spoiler, I love this movie. I think he did a great job, but it's. Still not quite as Carpenter iconic. Like there's there's some of his music in there that's very like oh that makes me feel Carpenter yeah and some of the shots and stuff. But overall, I don't immediately think of it when I think of Carpenter movies. And I think it's because he he didn't look at this project as a passion project or something he was really into. He was disappointed about what happened with the thing, and he needed work, and he's like yeah okay. And I just didn't feel his normal exuberance, but. somehow despite maybe not giving it a hundred percent he made a fantastic movie
2: (laughs) a double spoiler i also love this movie it it was very good (laughs) is the thing but i yeah i think this is now like number one on my list of when when the argument of the book is always better than the movie this this has moved up to the top of my list of not always because i i love the hell out of this movie (laughs)
0: Let's talk about Dennis and Arnie. Mostly just Arnie, because we. the net very next scene after Christine's introduction, her birth, Dennis is picking up Arnie for the first day of school. And my note on Arnie was that he is an adorable, bumbling mess.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: actually, I wanted to ask Ben, you specifically, if you got enough of
2: nice wiener Arnie. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I got plenty of Arnie's wiener.
0: Um... <laughs> You're the only one.
2: (laughs) No, I I love that we start and we get that so much of it happens before Christine comes into the picture. We get him being bullied by Buddy and Moochie and them. One of my favorite scenes is like the first scene when they're at school and they're just at their lockers. (laughs) Yeah. And we get that feeling of how just like genuinely goofy and funny Arnie is. Mm-hmm. Arnie is like sincerely just like I want to be friends. With- I would have been friends with that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is something we
1: don't get at all in the book. I love that the introduction we have is him taking the trash out, it tears out the bottom, <laughs> and then he runs, he stomp runs <laughs> through a puddle <laughs> in the middle of the driveway. <laughs> and that moment I'm like, that is that, is that goofy, sincere Arnie mm-hmm. that we talked about kind of missing a little in the book. I feel the same way then. I'm i so glad we got more out of Arnie before because it makes that change so awesome.
0: It really does. And when he and Dennis are at their lockers before classes start and one of Dennis's pals comes up and he's, oh, have you seen the new girl? Blah, blah, blah. And Arnie's trying to interject and be part of it. And this kid's just dismissing him. Yeah. And so you really feel that it, it makes his and Dennis's relationship more mm-hmm. impactful, too, because it's like, clearly Dennis is this popular kid, and it, it's just...
2: It is, it's a great example of, like, showing and not telling. Mm-hmm. The book we get so much like, you gotta believe me, I was really popular, and Arnie <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> but he was still great. This movie made me like Dennis more as a character. Yeah. He felt more fleshed out. And it also... Gave me more of a feeling for something I would want to talk about. Because in the very first episode of our Our Christine series, I mentioned that I had a change that I would have made. That I kind of thought at the beginning of the book, it could have gone. That I think would have made the story more streamlined and more interesting. And this movie gave me a little bit of that feeling too. And that thing that I think this book and movie should have more of, gay subtext. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, not uh, of all the things I was guessing <laughs> you would say. <laughs> not honest it. to God. Honest to God. I thought there are, in both the book and movie, there is just a feeling of Dennis and Arnie being very close and in this scene, we get uh, what she called in the movie Roseanne, and she's mm-hmm. called Roxanne in the book, right? No, okay. no she's Roseanne. Roseanne yeah. the whole time? Whatever. Dennis is so completely dismissive, <laughs> and is even, like, Arnie is standing behind her and, like, mocking her and just doing goofy Which is great. Arnie shit. But the look on Dennis's face as he is gazing past her <laughs> at Arnie, I was like, hey now.
0: <laughs> these two guys have chemistry yeah they yeah, do for sure.
2: and especially in the movie like they completely cut the romance angle between Dennis and Lee mm-hmm. like almost he, he asks her out once before he knows that she has a date with Arnie but beyond that there's no real romance angle mm-hmm. to this movie yeah I don't know. I think it would have, instead of being this weird love quadrangle that it is in the book, I it would have made so much more sense to make Dennis secretly longing for Arnie.
1: If you put that subtext into jumping way towards the end, the... We don't get the drive through time, but we do get the drive on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And he is like, so, like almost sobbing, mm-hmm. just like begging for Arnie to see how things have changed. It, I feel like that is the culmination of that, that feeling of, uh, of jealousy and the fact that Arnie is his companion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You did it. That's it. <laughs> this is a movie about love. <laughs> and I, that's how I'm going to proceed forward. Uh, although I do. My favorite line in this is from some kid who's Dennis's friend that we don't even really care about. But when they first see Lee, he says, I want to have deep, meaningful sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah.
2: a very funny
0: <laughs> line. Out of a teenager's mouth. It was just perfect. <laughs> I I did also really like the the fight scene between Arnie and Buddy, which happens before Christine is introduced to Arnie. Mm-hmm. Which, which was Great fine. opportunity. Yeah. Although we were all like... Is that, like, John Travolta's much older brother (laughs) playing buddy? (laughs) Yeah, He did a great job. When the shop
2: teacher comes over and yells at him, it is so funny that he's like, I don't have to listen to you, because I'm ten years older than you are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, if if Billy Nolan had shown up (laughs) at that moment, and he'd stood next to John Travolta and been his little brother i would have been all in on If only
2: we could get a mr blonde and vince vega style (laughs) spin-off movie perfect called the greaser brothers
0: (laughs) so anyway this sets up this this strife between arnie and the greasers and in our next scene we do finally get to meet christine well arnie gets to meet christine that is and LeBay. George LeBay, and I want to talk to you guys about this because this is a, a major change and I'm okay with it, but Roland in the movie is dead and George is still his brother, but he's selling the car. And George is clearly Roland. He When you when he comes on screen, you're like, oh, there's Roland. Mm-hmm. He's this gross old man in a back brace. And I I was wondering if, if they did this, you know, just to condense things for the movie, but also by making George a similar character to Roland, conveyed to us very quickly and easily probably what kind of guy Roland was without having to see him and what kind of family he grew up in, maybe.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of gives you that feeling of, like, everyone's like, man, Roland was such a gross piece of shit.
0: Like, grosser than this every- guy? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> You're like, whoa, that's the good brother? Yeah, uh, I, I felt it. Yeah, and the the costuming is so spot on. <laughs> yeah. He looks crazy. It's great. There's
1: this moment when he talks about uh, that Roland killed himself in the car. And he, he later we find out the, the daughter choking is the same thing. The wife killing herself with carbon monoxide poisoning. And then he did it to himself. And that to me. So much of both the book and the movie have so many unanswered questions. Mm-hmm because at a certain point you just have to go, it's supernatural, roll with it. Yeah. But one of the things we talked about in the book is it really didn't make sense to us with that symbiotic relationship, why Christine had fallen into such disrepair. And I like the idea that Roland dying is what just kind of made her go dormant and fall to shit like that. So I thought that was another cool plot hole to close.
0: Mm -hmm. Next we have our confrontation with Arnie and his parents. I think that the woman playing Regina is spot on, knocking it out. And that scene plays out very much like it does in the book. We get this this uh, the actor playing Dennis. His reactions are are pretty good throughout the movie. The guy playing Arnie too, Keith Gordon. Everybody in this is so amazing.
2: They really are. Uh, I loved the guy that played Arnie. Uh, by the end, like I completely believed him as mm-hmm. Arnie. I like that in that argument they made
1: us all feel as awkward as Dennis by p- putting Dennis physically in the uh-huh. middle of that argument. And I don't know about you guys, but it made me uncomfortable. So I I really like how that played out.
0: Yeah, that was a great way to just stage that scene. Next, we meet Darnell, who... Oh,
1: <laughs> sleazy as fuck.
0: Very. We don't get very much of him, though. He's not, not a, a major player. <laughs> yeah, I would have taken a longer movie with a little more <laughs> Darnell, but it was okay that they cut him. But it's through him that we find out more about Christine's dark past. So next we get that scene where Dennis is being, you know, egged on by his buddies to ask out Lee. And I felt really bad for Roseanne because <laughs> that was great. they're in the library and she's sitting at a table in front of Lee. And Dennis is walking down the aisle and Ra- Roseanne is like looking at him like, oh, hey, he's coming to talk to me. And he walks right past her.
2: <laughs> the, all that happens to Roseanne the entire movie is people gaze past her. <laughs> It is, she, her character, if halfway through the movie you found out she was invisible and you're the only person that could see her, I would believe it. Subplot.
0: (laughs) I'm into it. dentist confronts George and i josh made a, a comment about george dressing up that his was back amazing
1: brace with the
0: suit coat
1: cuz he's it's all the exact same outfit day like weeks later it's like 3 weeks later at yeah. this point and he just has a blue suit jacket
2: on over his dirty <laughs> ass back brace and it's glorious i i got to give a shout out to i don't know the guy's name i don't know actors names but the guy that plays lebay mm-hmm. is uh, doesn't go super over the top with it and that's a character i feel like could have gone very very yeah. over the top as as devin pointed out he's played by the old man from home alone mm-hmm. and just brings <laughs> that same just very severe old man energy I yeah love it.
0: he gives dennis you know he kind of rounds out the history of christine so now dennis has all these pieces that he needs Enough that he breaks into Darnell's graduate night. This is where we have that scene where he's trying to figure out what's going on with Christine. And he doesn't even get a chance to get inside of her. She's the door locks and then the radio starts playing. There are a lot of songs that cue what Christine can't say but is clearly conveying.
1: Yeah, the way they use the radio as essentially her dialogue is really
2: clever. That usually annoys me in movies when they use the very specific song choices that are just like stating whatever is going on in the scene. Usually I'm like that. Uh, it's mm-hmm. so on the nose, but in this it works. I can give you an example of when it
1: fails miserably and is annoying. The Transformers movies with Bumblebee.
2: Yeah. Well, those are just bad. movies.
1: The, they're, so, no, they're yeah. bad movies, but the, the, I think what makes it annoying is when it becomes a crutch for the character. As opposed to with Christine, it was an addition. We never needed We never needed those songs from Christine to enjoy what was happening. It was this little bonus that made you go like, "Ah, that's nice."
0: Even at the expense of a traditional Carpenter score, which I personally always love, and we we did get his music when Christine wasn't talking with quotes. So yeah, that that was a, a bold choice, and it worked because normally I hate hearing actual songs and things. They don't age well. yeah, yeah. Now we put together a couple of things from the book, sort of in this one scene. We have uh, Buddy and his gang at the football game where Dennis gets injured. They notice Christine. Christine is pristine. She's in great shape and outwalk, you know, Lee and Arnie. And it's actually, which goes to Ben's point about what the story is really about.
2: It does. This scene is yeah, I was gonna bring Talk this about scene it. up. So it's it's the the big football game, the only one we see.
0: Um <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
2: and uh Dennis is playing and he's in the middle of this play and he's running downfield, and as he's running, he sees Christine drive up, Arnie and Lee get out. And this is right after the last time we saw Lee was her him saying turning him down, and saying I already have a date. Well, this is him seeing it's with Arnie, and they literally they get out of the car and immediately start making out in
0: public, (laughs) like teenagers do,
2: as they want to do. But the the look on Dennis's face as he's running towards them is a look of heartbreak yeah and i did not for one second believe it was about lee
0: yeah no i feel you
2: (laughs) it it totally is the look of someone being like arnie's making out with someone oh and then he gets uh his spine telescope that hit was awesome
0: that was so hard to watch you did some, a great job. There's some
2: good stunt falls oh, in this my movie. Gosh, Absolutely. Absolutely. When, when, <laughs> when Arnie slips in the yogurt, <laughs> yeah. he goes down hard. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, it looks like he really got hurt. He <laughs> was Literally, like, Keith Gordon, are you okay? He looks
2: like he hits the ground as hard as Dennis hits the ground yeah. after yeah. the football
0: hit. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis is in the hospital, and throughout the rest of the movie until he gets out, Arnie comes and visits him periodically. And in, in this is where we get glimpses of his changing personality. What did you guys think of, of these scenes?
1: I thought it was the perfect pace for changing that character. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it, it solves that problem of going through, well, Lee had to come to the hospital to fill Dennis in on all of this. Now it's Dennis is really seeing it for himself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great.
0: Let's talk about the next very cool scene Arnie and Lee are at a drive-in movie in a rainstorm.
1: The way
2: movies are meant to be seen.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, okay, I have some thoughts. I, I went back and forth on this scene. Uh, there's a great make-out and heavy petting scene. Dynamite work. No eyes appearing on the dashboard, which I knew would make Ben happy.
2: Yeah. No it, ghostly it, eyes. Just the, the, the lighting. shade of green yeah. that it is was enough. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's as eerie as it needs to be. You don't yeah. need... A, face to jump out
1: (laughs) at first i was upset because at at a certain point she lee gets over it and she runs out into the rain i love that when she exits you can see the guy in the car next to them who later saves her yeah watches her go and i was like was he just watching them go at it probably (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) that's why i go to drive yeah (laughs) and she runs off arnie chases her and at first i was really upset because i felt like they were just making her whiny because she was like, "I saying that she can't go any further," and he's like,
2: "What's wrong?" And he's like, "I can't in the car." And It's like, "Oh, uh.
0: I I didn't feel that really." Yeah, did you feel that, Ben?
2: Yeah, I didn't feel like it was a problem. I just felt like it was rushed because this is pretty much the first dialogue we get <laughs> from Lee. It, it just we didn't have. Enough time to get to see her why she dislikes Chris, yeah. But and all that's of kind her of my issues
0: thought. were sensory,
2: yeah. And that's that's kind of what made me go. And
1: when you keep in mind, she's 17, yeah, mm-hmm. like that. Also, like we with these <laughs> 80s movies, everyone is in their mid 30s, <laughs> yeah, playing teenagers, and so sometimes it's hard to remember oh, these characters are supposed to be teenagers, yeah. And that's what made me kind of dial back on her, mm-hmm. like it didn't. That's yeah. so why I went back and forth. Yeah. Then they get back in the car and she decides to eat the burger that's been sitting on the dashboard and <laughs> does some dynamite choke work.
0: She does. Sorry. I was just I'm still upset that someone buys a burger, <laughs> a hot, juicy burger. And they don't eat it right away. I'd be like, we can make out when I'm done with my burger. It
2: did make me laugh when it just like panned over and there were just two burgers (laughs) sitting on the dashboard. It's like, who does that? Yeah.
0: Anyway, I just shout out to the scene because of the lighting work. It conveyed the atmosphere of of dread and terror and Mm -hmm. intensity and urgency. And I thought that was really cool.
1: Watching Arnie, he's out fixing a windshield wiper, the whole car lights up,
0: Mm -hmm. brightest
1: day inside, and Christine locks him out. So I liked seeing him actively trying to save her, as opposed to how it was in the book. Yeah,
0: and I I was thinking about that, you know, the way they changed that. I'm like, oh, because how there's no possession, so he wouldn't Mm -hmm. be be having that thought that, well, the Heimlich maneuver hasn't been invented yet. (laughs) So him getting locked out was a really good way to do that. That same night... Buddy and his pals go visit Christine. Let's talk about how freaking awesome this scene was. So
1: fucking cool. This is, I, I've talked to you guys, I don't think I mentioned it on air, but I've told you guys several times about the movie Christine. I saw part of it when I was a child, and the only thing I remember is Christine popping her parts back into place, and vaguely that shot of buddy standing on the top of the car holding the sledgehammer that's an
0: iconic shot
1: yeah and so as soon as i saw them go in i was like this is the moment i cannot wait i should also mention that we watched this on 4k and it just made it all the more glorious
0: it looked freaking beautiful on our old old god devin's gonna be so disappointed (laughs) to me later (laughs) old tv
2: Yeah, the scene where they're destroying the car. I just kept laughing at Moochie. I don't know what it was about the guy that plays Moochie.
0: He it, was playing to his name. Yeah. <laughs> he
2: is. Oh my God. Yes. Because all of his energy was,
1: I'm a part of this. Yeah, and that, was, yeah. th- that re- just clicked with me real hard. I just
2: love the scene. He's like inside the car. Of course, like Buddy gets all the cool bits of like grease lightning jumping up on the top (laughs) and smashing the shit out of the windshield and stuff. But Moochie is like on his knees hacking at the upholstery with an ice pick and the radio comes on and there's a split second of like, oh, is Christine going to do something? And then he just reaches back and grabs a hammer and knocks it out. Yeah, The timing of it made me laugh really hard.
0: I just like this because in the book, you have to imagine the damage to this car. Mm. And they did a really excellent job of making you realize how devastating this is when Arnie and Lee show up the next morning and he sees what happened.
2: And it's not a car anymore. Yeah. It is yeah. a pile.
0: Which leads us to the repair scene, which I, I want to let you guys talk about, but all I want, I just need to say that this shot, when Arnie is looking at Christine and he hears something and he, he notices that Something is fixed. That's He's, like the
2: engine block. Yeah. Pops he, back into place.
0: See, you are a car boy. He, <laughs> <laughs> The garage is abandoned. You know, it's, it's late at night. It's just him. And there's this pool of light <sighs> a couple of feet away. And he walks slowly into that light and he turns around. And with this look of pure confidence and adoration, he says, okay, show me. Christine repairs herself and the scene of this is really cool because they put hooks inside of the car and and squished it. Oh! I was wondering how they they did the the Yeah, reverse the footage to show her popping back out, which was the repair. It's so, just that shot and there's this musical sting. The sting. sting,
2: It is the most carpenter thing that happens in the entire movie and it fucking gave me goosebumps. Yes. And here's what I want to say. The look on Arnie's face... When he smirks and says, "Okay, show me," is so fucking horny.
0: It's, it's like it's like he's telling his lover yes! to disrobe, and yes. he has all the power.
2: It is. I, <laughs> there's <laughs> so many things. The way Arnie interacts with Christine, one thousand percent horny all the time. I read on uh, the t- uh, the trivia page that. Uh, what's the actual Keith Gordon? Keith Gordon his method for this movie is anytime he interacted with Christine, anytime he touched it, he in his mind believed he was touching a woman. And you can see in his face, every time he touches that car,
0: horny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's That's amazing. Keith Gordon is great. And it's like, I'm a little bit disappointed that he didn't want to continue to do more acting. He does, he's he more interested everything. in directing. Yeah. On the he set, he a really, lot
2: of really good shows. Fargo, fuck. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. He really, um, Carpenter sort of let him in on the behind the scenes stuff and he got a chance to see how things work and that fueled his interest, which was really cool. But he's such a good actor. He really is. I'd love to see him in more. Let's talk about Arnie's parents a little bit because this next scene is kind of where we get the most of them. And see um, how they are alike to their character in the book, and how they are different. Well, mostly just Michael.
1: So they they sit Arnie down, and he's obviously super upset. They are, they say that we're gonna buy you a new car, and he's like, "Oh, just what everybody wants to do—get me a new car! Fuck off! I'm repairing the car," and he leaves. And it's they are so stunned by his just brazen swearing at them. It's the first time you really kind of see Regina crumble a little. Mm-hmm. And then Michael walks after him and it starts to get a little... The first time he's showing some backbone and then Arnie just grabs him and slams him against the banister. Calls him a motherfucker, which nothing makes me happier <laughs> than a son calling a father motherfucker. <laughs> gets me every time. And he's like, I'm going to bed. And she pieces out.
2: One last time at... Ri- At the risk of turning this podcast into me just reading the trivia page uh, (laughs) uh, from IMDb, my favorite bit of trivia is that the movie didn't have enough violence in it to qualify for an R rating. But at the time this was made, the PG-13 rating didn't exist. And they thought if they got a PG rating, no one would go see it. So (laughs) the writer just threw the word fuck in a bunch of times. So that nice. they could get the R rating. That's awesome. They
0: were all well placed fucks, yeah. though.
1: Ben, I'm really out of sync with you this episode because oh, every no. time I think you're going left, you're going right. Because I, th- <laughs> really yeah, <thought> <laughs> I really thought Serpent you're. Serpentine motherfucker. <laughs> 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 I really thought you were going to be at the risk of me turning this podcast turning into me just saying everything's horny
0: <laughs> <instead>. <laughs> Speaking of horny, let's talk about Moochie's death scene.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I couldn't ooh, think of a better ooh, segue. What a, <laughs> daddy, what that a segue. Scene.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad when this scene first comes up and Moochie's walking down the middle of the road and sees Christine. Christine pulls out. I turned to you guys and I said, I hope they kept the line. And <laughs> he gets closer. To Cunningham, is that you? You're not mad, are you? It's <laughs> so great. It's such a great line for this scene.
0: I love that he's he's running away from Christine, and he's in this area like the there's a cement barrier, and he hops over it, and you're like, okay, yeah, just you know stay by that thing, but no, he takes off out into the open, <laughs> but but he eventually finds himself in some loading dock and squeezes in this this very narrow space, and Christine right after Christine chases him down the small alley and she does not give a shit. She is scraping both sides to get at him. I want to talk about when you think he's safe and he is not cuz that that was so cool. That
1: was fucking wild cuz they I didn't know what they were going to do because that alley scene is cut kind of from the book where it's scraping along and now we're going to come to an even tighter location. I was like, "Oh shit, are they actually going to like do something with this?" And she just pushes through, ripping her sides apart. And he just screams as he gets cut in half. Awesome. All of the death changes in this movie, I'm 100% for. I enjoyed every single death, just as I enjoyed every single death in the book.
0: (laughs) Dennis wakes up to Arnie kind of gloating about Moochie's death.
2: Yeah, Arnie uh, is at this point... Is this the Thanksgiving scene?
0: Yeah, but so I guess my question to you guys is, given what we see at the very end, was Arnie involved in all of these deaths?
1: No, I don't think so. Uh, Obviously not the second one. no,
0: right.
2: Well, that is an interesting question, though, because we're given the shadow of the doubt. Because in the scenes where it's Christine performing these murders, all of the windows are blacked out. Mm -hmm. So we cannot see anyone driving. Now, practically, it was to hide the stuntman, the stunt <laughs> yeah. driver. But it we're given this like sense of like we don't know. It, it's perfectly plausible, at least, that Arnie could have been driving the car when Muchi gets killed. It isn't it, until... he has not
1: because he has an alibi. That Does he they, have an alibi? Yeah, for when they that talk one? about Muchi, he says he gives uh, Junkins an alibi
0: that he was asleep at home. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: that his his mom knew he was home. But it, but that is a good point that we don't really know except for the second one.
0: <laughs> he yeah. for sure wasn't in the oh, car then. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's let's talk about <laughs> why he Just skip right
1: ahead to that one. Fuck. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <But, laughs> yeah, let's talk about why he could not have possibly <sighs> been in the car.
1: Watching so buddy and uh, another one of the greasers are driving and Christine comes right up on them but he can't tell it's Christine cuz the high beams are in the rearview mirror. And there's this great cat and mouse. It's right on on his tail, no matter how fast he's going. But he stops, puts it in reverse. Christine stays the exact same distance away in reverse. That's so
0: cool, because they're so close together. Sorry, go on.
1: (laughs) So fucking great. And he speeds away, because someone's after him, and he's going to fuck him up. So he gets to the gas station. So while that other guy's reading his father's fuck books, presumably, (laughs) gets out, and he's like, I hope this guy comes around because I'm going to kick his ass. And Christine comes around and then just barrels into the side
2: of his car. Absolutely sideswipes <laughs> the fuck out of his car. And Buddy's reaction of just like staring at it like, that, that is not how that this was supposed to go at all.
0: She hits his car so hard that it becomes stuck on her front bumper. <laughs>
2: And drags it for a while <laughs> That so happens a couple of times When she sideswipes a car I'm like, does she have hooks
0: in her <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: a spiky grill Yeah,
0: She's got teeth Yeah, know that.
1: And he's talking shit Christine backs up And then you think, mm-hmm. alright, Christine's gonna come after him now mm-hmm. Nope Back into the car, which drives the car Into the greaser who got out Into the gas line In this garage And it fills up with gasoline and the guy working there has just enough time to realize, "Oh, there's gasoline all around my
2: egg <laughs> bursts into a fireball,
0: and even Christine is on fire.
2: The second Christine backs out of the gar- the garage, literally completely engulfed in flames. You cannot see a single piece of metal. No. It is one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen in a movie. It's rad.
0: It is scenes like this where there is a props to you stunt guy doing this. Oh, shit. That make me say, fuck you, CGI. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: it is so, like, thinking of being in Buddy's shoes and, like, seeing I mean he just saw two people explode Mm -hmm. that's bad but then the car something as impossible as that is fucking terrifying
0: I love that he he takes off running and we just get this cool night shot of buddy running as hard as he can as fast as he can to get away from all this as he's getting further away from the gas station other things start catching on fire and exploding and we have this really cool didn't expect it in the movie christine kind of epic gas station blow up yeah. and Christine is is chasing after him on fire and it looks cool but Ben is like how fast is he running <laughs>
2: yeah he's, in the, he's suddenly in the middle of nowhere in this like backwoods road I'm like did he run 30 miles away <laughs> how fast is he going and then it's just like big um, empty rough fields on either side fucking turn motherfucker! You're getting chased by a car. You're in the middle of the road, dumbass.
0: And she's playing with him Mm because she is coming at him so slowly. And then she runs him over and we are just left with his burning corpse in the middle of the
2: road. Christine following Buddy still in flames is such a Michael Myers moment. Yeah. Yeah. It is the like slasher movie slow walk. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> a flaming car and it rules
1: do you guys want to know what I thought happened at first before it clicked huh. when Christine's driving and then the you know we see Buddy's body come out from under I thought for a second it was the body of the other greaser had just been stuck <laughs> under the whole time and I thought that it just dropped and then we were gonna see Buddy get hit
0: that would have been funny.
1: too
2: that would have been very funny
0: Christine's not finished for the evening. She still has another person to kill. This death is the only one I was like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Just mechanically, it didn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: She rolls into Darnell's garage as he is about to leave his office. And when he sees this, she's no longer on fire, but she is just charred and smoking. When he sees this car pull in he slowly backs up into his office and he grabs a shotgun and he has a natural reaction of somebody is in there what the heck's going on he he, he
2: does the thing where he calls where he arnie was like making a delivery for him or something so he calls to check that arnie isn't driving the car which is cool
0: Yeah. yeah that is cool and uh he goes to investigate and I don't understand why he does what he does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he th- throws the door open and sees no one's there. For some reason, gets into what I can only imagine, the smell. Oh, you and wouldn't be able heat. to breathe.
0: Did he look like he had some sort of emotion? Not quite ecstasy, but pleasure. Or like he was happy to be in the car. His face to me looked like, ooh. yeah, Like he was seeing a... Different version of the car than what he was sitting in.
1: I think that was the, the look of in the book. We talk about how when he figures it out, he's mm-hmm. like, "How can I use this for me?" Oh, okay, that makes That's
0: sense. That's the kind
1: of look I saw. Okay. So I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say what happens, <laughs> and then I'm gonna say what should have happened, <laughs> and I think you'll agree with me. He's sitting in the car, and all of a sudden the doors lock. He can't get out, and the seat that could not possibly be automatic. Starts pushing him towards the steering wheel, and it crushes him against the steering wheel, and he dies in point two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as his torso is crushed on the steering column.
0: There should have been gore. That there should, would have made it better.
1: Should have been at least like the sound of bones breaking. So like a, literally a little anything audio cue. other than he got lightly squished and then <laughs> and then died. Drops his head. So here's what I think would have been a much better idea and really tied something small from the book. I wish we had seen him use his inhaler Mm. one time Mm -hmm. so we get he's asthmatic, and then I wish Christine had pushed him there. He starts panicking, starts hyperventilating because he can't breathe. Just give us a little bit more of him struggling to breathe, Mm -hmm. trying to go and he can't, and then him finally passing out.
2: Okay, here's what I think should have happened. So he he has this shotgun that he brings because he's gonna threaten whoever's driving the car, but there's no one in there. So he, he brings the shotgun in with him. He sits behind the wheel, the doors slam shut, the locks close, the seatbelts grab the rifle and wheel it around <laughs> and shoot him in the head. <laughs> that would have been awesome.
0: That's that's a little more Cronenberg y, I think, than Carpenter's.
2: Really y now that I think about it.
0: I, I like both of your pitches. Yeah, think should have happened? I think yeah, Josh's Josh fits the tone of the rest of the movie better, so I'm going to have yeah. to give my vote to him. <laughs> yeah, I but guess. I like I like where you're going with that. <laughs> Keep that for another one. <laughs> we are about at the end of the movie. All we really have left is Dennis and Lee having a conversation to figure out what they're going to do. But the very, like, almost gets caught coming out of his house by Arnie, who pulls up a moment later and probably wouldn't have understood what she was doing there, even though, like you said, Ben... It is not romantic that he, Dennis comforts her, but he doesn't try the one-two-three kiss on her. It
2: is less than not romantic. It is it is violently platonic. <laughs> I, <laughs> there there is a a level
1: of intimacy, but you're right. It is a very platonic intimacy. Yeah. It is a comforting intimacy.
0: Maybe he had more chemistry with her twin. Sorry. Later, when they they go to Darnell's shop and they are setting up the trap.
1: Which, uh, bulldozer, a hundred times better oh, move yeah, than a septic yeah, for sure. tank. Oh, yeah.
0: That's actually not Lee in those scenes. That's not the the actress that plays her. Apparently,
2: um, the, the girl that plays Lee has a twin sister. And on the day that they were filming that, um, she had her twin sister come in, go through costume, makeup, everything. And apparently every scene that you see uh, Dennis and Lee in the bulldozer... That is not her. That's her twin sister that they just kept in the movie.
0: That's wild. She did it as a prank on John Carpenter. (laughs) Which,
1: great prank.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe I'm not, I'm just not a prankster. So it's like, yeah, that's funny. (laughs) Haha. Well, I,
1: so I think the, uh, what would have been ideal for that prank is if a few takes into the day, he'd been like, "Uh, what's, Something's off of it. Like, you're yeah. you're not giving me what I'm looking for. Like, some are you all right? And then they sprung it on him. But she apparently did such a good yeah. job that he was just like, all right, go for it.
0: Well, I assume she had the same kind of background or experience as her sister because she was not, her sister, the one actually playing Lee, was not a trained actress. But they they liked the, the inexperience that she had sort of brought this kind of genuineness to her character that they really liked.
1: I was going to say, because she really knocked it out.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's All right, let's dig into the the Bulldozer versus Christine.
2: Fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is crazy.
0: It took longer than I thought. There were there were it, it was like taking all of the Halloween sequels when Michael Myers is killed irreparably. Like there's no coming back from that, but then he does. And it all happened in this one scene. <laughs> <laughs> now,
2: I I had not thought of it that way. But now I would love to see in, like, what is the next one? Halloween Kills that's coming out mm-hmm, soon. Yeah. I would love if the final half an hour of the movie <laughs> was literally him just getting killed over and over. And they're just, like, standing over his body, hit him with an axe. And they're like, wait. And then he gets up and they are like, ah. <laughs> So, yeah, the scene, they they have this bulldozer, and it's the same thing of, of they're getting ready, and just as uh, Dennis says, Lee, you should go into the office and hide, and when Christine shows up, jump out and press a button. Mm-hmm. And just as she gets out, Christine lights her lights up, and she's under a pile of garbage, which, how did she- The camouflage, we well, know now!
0: Yeah, because of what we see when she runs into the office. Oh,
2: yeah. That
1: was uh, that was a really cool bit. The reveal. fact that she's that fact that Christine's under all that
2: shit, mm-hmm. and there's the 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 show off that we get from the book that's pretty mm-hmm. accurate. Yeah, okay. Here's something else that I
1: thought was really interesting during that showdown. For some reason, I kept thinking to myself, Christine seems more desperate than usual. Just in the way the. Uh, Almost inaccuracy of attacking Lee and the fact that he moves the, Dennis moves the bulldozer in a way that Christine can't get to Lee, but still tries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after all that, then we get that cut inside and Arnie is the one driving this time. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, that is amazing.
2: <laughs> Such a good change. Yeah. And,
0: and- he looks good creepy yeah, yeah the lighting they mm-hmm. use is he looks like a like, corpse yes, yes he
2: absolutely looks like the creep show yeah the one bit from creep show uh where they're just like green and
0: sickly looking then he becomes a corpse oh i
2: love that we
1: made the joke about her running into the office because in the book the office is like up off the bare ground a little bit isn't it it's not directly. There's, well, like, no, there's like I thought there was like a little set of stairs going. It's not like a second story, but it's like a, up a little bit. No I idea. <laughs> Either way, uh, it's just this flimsy-looking office that Christine could easily just drive through, no problem. And in fact, she does. She knocks a whole wall of it out because the door's locked. And I made the joke of, oh, she can get inside now. And then she does. <laughs> she runs inside behind the desk. Christine comes charging. Tears through the wall and then Arnie flies through the windshield oh. at her. Holy shit, that was awesome.
0: And he he grabs her like he's the slasher now. But he can't do anything because he's been impaled with a giant piece of glass. And he pulls it out, which don't ever do that. Like that's the only thing, keeping your blood <laughs> in. And his last act is to reach out to Christine.
2: Disagree. His last act is to come so hard. Oh
0: my God.
2: <laughs> he, as he is pulling the glass out of his stomach, the noises he are, is making are <laughs> horny. It's horny. <laughs> he makes some bad noises. That's all I wanted to point out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that
1: was – I'm so glad because when I saw him driving, I was really sad we weren't going to get Michael through the windshield.
0: Yeah. Nope, we got Arnie. But the, the
1: fact we got Arnie – and it was also great because I kept thinking, just like the book, Arnie has to die. We haven't mm-hmm. built up this other – we don't have the possession angle and yeah. all that stuff. So I was really wondering what was going to happen to Arnie. The so,
2: same thing. I, I was like, are we going to – like, after this, we're going to cut and he just, like, died in his bed? That'd be lame. Right.
1: So okay? great. No, it's just so awesome.
0: <laughs> Dennis and Lee finally, painstakingly, just crush Christine with this bulldozer. It is a very, not too long, just a surprisingly long take. And yeah. slow. Yeah. Because
1: of, it moves so slow.
0: And because she keeps trying to repair yeah. her and they keep having to run her over again. <laughs> this
2: is the that point where it's the number of times, it's cool the first time it happens. But then it just keeps happening. (laughs) And by the third time, it's like, pause, pause, (laughs) pop, pop, pop. It made Josh and I lose our minds.
1: Uh, I lost my mind because when you pitched the idea that credits should start rolling (laughs) and that happens the entire (laughs) credits, that would have been amazing.
0: Well, then we cut to Outside, It's Morning, and we see christine in you know her little christine cube fall from the cuber yep and technical term <laughs> thank you and junkins who did not die in this mm-hmm. and dennis and lee are standing there sort of like they're at a funeral and they're they're just watching it and he's like you oh, you guys are heroes and dennis says the whole like well you know if, if i was a real hero i would have been able to save arnie which is sad and then we hear music oldie <laughs> music playing and this oh, this God. guy walks out from behind one of the rows and he's got a boom box and you're like oh, because <laughs> <laughs> it zooms in on the block
1: for a second and then it goes over it because he walks.
0: <laughs> and it he looks
1: a, they look at him and he looks so pissed off that they're giving him <laughs> that stink eye. It
2: is a scene from a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ending of a weird teen sex comedy. <laughs>
1: But here's what I love about it. That moment happens. Like, that's usually like, that final scare and all that. Mm-hmm. And, like, ah, uh, I see what they did. They went for the misdirect. And then at the very end, you see part of the rubble twinge. I thought yeah. they, they got me with the <laughs> misdirect.
2: And then they came back and got me again. I was hoping Sissy Basics hand would burst out of it. <laughs> <laughs> was, it the, was that the right? Yes. I, I've spent so
1: much of this movie thinking about the parallels between this and Carrie
2: same mm-hmm. it, it feels very similar
1: like i want to see the now i want to see the teen sex comedy where arnie and carrie become friends <laughs> and have to lose their virginity before graduation <laughs> oh,
0: so, so that would make dennis arnie's tommy
1: yeah with all the sexual tension attached mm-hmm. yeah. you're right
0: well that is the end of the movie let's talk about what we thought about it compared to the book and let's just tie that into our ratings who wants to go first
1: this movie is outstanding It does so much in regards to what it leaves out and what it keeps in. It doesn't overplay all of that extra stuff. It's really, it's a straightforward, streamlined way to tell the story in a way that keeps you so engaged and so visually interested. So I'm giving Christine five out of five blue chambray shirts.
2: The one thing I can say about this movie, as opposed to the book, the movie is fun. The book is not fucking fun to read. It is uh, nothing. I I had to force myself through that book three different times. And the movie is just a blast. It's the whole time I just really enjoyed it. Is it the best horror movie ever? No. But it's fun.
0: Five out of five.
2: Blue Chambray shirts.
0: I think this movie perfectly captures what i loved about the book specifically with Dennis and Arnie's relationship some of it was implied in the book that we actually see in the movie and they they did exactly what i felt what i felt in that friendship and the special effects were great all the stunt work was great the scenes were set up so cool we have those beautiful musical stings not not the radio playing but the carpenter stuff the acting was perfect i loved every moment of it five out of five blue chambray shirts
1: that's it for this episode of dairy public radio as always thank you for listening join us for our next episode where we continue our patreon selection series with kaya benedict's selection dolan's cadillac the novella from nightmares and dreamscapes and the movie dolan's cadillac for benjamin graham and cm alexander i'm joshua khan reminding you god i hate rock and roll
0: Hey everyone, C.M. Alexander here. Thank you for listening to Christine Part 3. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, please find us on social media at Dairy Public Radio or send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. If you're looking for extra content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash dairypublicradio, where we sometimes release episodes early, and every month we release a bonus episode of our Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Club. We got a lot of great feedback from you guys last time when we did the role play game Kids on Bikes. And we are back with a new one with new characters and some familiar voices. And we cannot wait for you guys to hear this. It comes out this Sunday, January 31st, 2021. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.